Um, another listener said, <laughs> lifelong commitment. What if I don't like my child? Oh, shit. On today's episode of Third Times Me, babies, what do you do with them? Do you want one? Do you not want one? Tell me why. Do you like them? Do you think they're cute? Do you think they're ugly? Do you think they're stinky? Do you think they smell good? Some people like baby smell. Some people... Babies well, smell good until they shit everywhere. I was going to say. And they smell terrible. <laughs> there is that smell, though, like of a, a baby's newborn's head. It's like the smell of like a puppy. Oh, yeah. You know? But then I think they're that's shitting like a, all over themselves and all over you and puking all over you. And then it's like, right. okay, that goes out the window real yeah, quick. Yeah, I think the um, I think the baby pheromones... Like obviously, when you look at a baby or a puppy, they smell cute, and nice, and they ha- like they make you want to make baby noises and cuddle it. It's like baby I think talk? those I think oh, those pheromones are like baby. it's uh, evolutionary adaptation to survive because like you know babies baby humans are pretty much the most helpless organism on the planet. Like most other animals can like do shit like the moment they're born. Babies, they're completely... We were talking entire. about this the other day. Oh, yeah. Like a baby deer can outrun its mother within like the first like five hours of it being born. Wow. Yeah. And other that things... Is, Bambi did not give us an accurate depiction then of... Well, Bambi survives. I know, but I don't remember I don't remember Bambi running faster than Bambi's mom. Well, Bambi's mom got got, so... Oh, yeah, I love Disney. They're like, okay, it's a story about like a cute little deer. Kill its mom. <laughs> that is pretty. Uh, yeah. Pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's about a no, fish they're... that has a little disability. Make it lost. <laughs> Put it through some serious trauma. Right. Make it have to jump hoops to just survive. <laughs> and the only person who can save Nemo is a person who's mentally disabled and. Aww. Doesn't know how to remember anything. Dorothy? Yeah. Dora. Dorothy. Dora? Dorothy. Dora. No, Dora. Dora's the explorer. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy. Dor. Yeah, oh my probably. gosh, do we need to have a Disney uh, movie marathon? <laughs> I love Disney what's movies. Your, what's your favorite Disney movie? <clears throat> um, Is How to Train Your Dragon Disney? Or is that Pixar? I've never seen it, so I don't know. Oh. It sounds Pixar-y. Oh, probably. Wait, let me Google. Uh. I, have my, I do have my... My uh, resources here might be Pixar. How uh, to train? A, how to train your dragon? How to train a dragon? How to train your dragon? It is. Uh, it is. I thought it would tell me right away, but I see uh, DreamWorks and Paramount, so that must be. Oh yeah, not Disney. Yeah. Or Pixar. Yeah, I guess I, neither. That's a good one. Oh, this one came out in 2010. I don't think I ever saw this. It's, the second one's good, too. Oh, that's one of your favorites? One of your favorite cartoon movies? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Disney's got all kinds of good stuff. And kids like them. Favorite Disney movie? Movie? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's been a while. I like, haven't seen... I need, to, I need to get on the Disney Channel app and look at... Uh, movies, which 
We do have that, the Disney Channel app. We do? Yeah, because I like the Star Wars stuff. So think Cinderella, eh. think Pinocchio, I'm like not a, Dalmatians. I, I think the new age Disney stuff is pretty fire. Like, of course, I like the old stuff, but... So you're not into, like, the Aladdins and... Ooh, Bugs Life. Oh, that's Disney and Pixar. Interesting. Uh, I remember Bugs Life. Oh, my gosh, May. I think my little brother, that was one that my little brother and sister were obsessed with. I love how incredibly inappropriate a lot of these movies are. Like, they are basically now. like, oh, yeah, like, they got to make them entertaining for the parents to watch, and they're filled with innuendos of... Oh, I thought you meant, like inappropriate for our times now politically or something like that oh, but no oh, more like yeah. the adult humor which you didn't catch it at all went right over no, your head when you're but a kid. like old timey mickey mouse stuff like that was very racist there were some all kinds of racist the shit old school stuff oh yeah. yeah but you know that was yeah. the time so yeah. i suppose so. but yeah like i mean toy story so toy story was my little brother's number one obsession out of the disney movies mm. and I pretty much had the entire dialogue and script memorized of that movie because we put it on so much. That was just like the go-to, like when we need something to distract and whatever. Um, but I remember watching it when I was a little bit older and going, oh, oh, <laughs> it's funny. I like the Disney villains. Disney's got good villains. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like we you need hear- to have a Disney movie party. Oh, yeah. There should be more movies about the perspective of the villains. I know they did that with... Uh, a recent one? Malefic- Maleficent? No, who's that? It's like the... Um, it's, um, it's like the evil witch and the sleeping, uh, beauty. sleeping beauty. Or Snow White. Snow White. I'm getting them all One confused. of the two, yeah. But it's badass, though, because the villains are awesome. There's so many. And the There's villains- so many Disney movies I've not seen. I'm just scrolling through. Oh, yeah. Some recent ones. They're not going to suffer from the writer's block. <laughs> They've got unlimited amount of potential in scripts. Yeah. So, I mean, you can... Okay. So, you could talk about what you recently did, just not details. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was casted for a commercial shoot. I went to L.A. for some gig work so I could pay for fun stuff. And uh, they needed uh, stunt men who can climb and do stupid shit on camera um, for money. Hilarious part about all of it is that you already had this trip booked to just go climb you and Dex for funsies and then just so happened to get the part amongst other applicants. Yeah. And I imagine some of those people were, well, I guess they weren't really requiring experienced like stuntmen actors. It was more just the outdoorsmen part yeah i mean there's a, there's a big difference between like being a stunt person who like you know how to eat shit successfully and put yourself in precarious situations and then someone who's like actually skilled in like rock climbing and rope work and things that uh have a certain skill set but funny enough dexter was just sitting on the toilet looking through instagram <laughs> saw that this production company needed some climbers and outdoors people for this shoot and, you know, while he's smoking his morning doobie and taking his morning poopy, he <laughs> uh, threw uh, an application for yeah, you guys. Yeah, for both of us. And didn't even tell me until we got the part. And he was like, all right, we basically need you to send a self-tape in. And um, then we got to meet with the director and they hired us. And it was 
it was great. It was chaos, but it was great. Yeah. And this all happened over a week, having a few interviews and talking with the director and oh, sending in some videos. It and escalated quickly. So we go down to Tahoe for a wedding and then we drop you off at Reno airport on our way back and you spend like five, six days in the, um, was it the Palisades still or were you somewhere else? The high Sierras. High Sierras. Near Mount Whitney. Doing some fun things. Yeah. For a fun commercial. Uh Uh-huh. Which. And that's all we can say. We'll release it. The footage. Yeah. We'll put the link in this episode retroactively so, after it's So released. basically, Chris is trying to retire and be Desperate Housewives of LA. Oh. And Alex is going to be the next big superstar mountaineering stuntman actor. I was put on the A-list callback sheet. So, you know. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if I get another gig. This has been my plan all along. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get uh, married to you. Oh. And then just be able to retire and run my show and um oh. you can be my sugar daddy Ooh, i'll take that <laughs> well speaking of marriage uh, we went to a wedding recently like you just mentioned and i feel like out of all the weddings we're about to go to everyone's goal is to get pregnant immediately also with the one in charleston <laughs> I don't think so. Actually, maybe. She wants Actually, kids. She, I remember her saying she wants kids. Oh, yeah. She'd be a badass mom. Well, she basically raised her own mom and then her mom's other kids. But she's not so. trying to have kids now, I don't think. Um, maybe? TBA. P.S. saw a picture of her dress. I texted her uh, or Instagrammed her. I don't have her yeah, number. Yeah, she but, doesn't have a number. She's But she's she found the dress beautiful. with your mama. Was it beautiful? It's very beautiful. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, beautiful. maybe. But, you know, they've all decided... All these parties have decided yes, want kids early on or recently for lots of reasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the one that we were just at, they were trying to basically get pregnant that night. Oh, they told us. <laughs> they told us that we dropped they them off at their suite. Gonna, we were supposed to go to the after party at the <laughs> they local They didn't go to bar. their own after party. No. Well, they had their own after party. They had their own after party. Yeah. Private. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting and then, oh yeah, I guess the other one we're going to. So we've got one in September, another wedding in September, and then one in October. And they all do want children. Uh, for sure, hell yes, want children of their own. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, but it's like there can be a hell yeah from one side and kind of like a eh, you know, from the other side. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you still do it. And uh whether or not that is a good choice or a great choice or a choice that lines you up to be resentful of, of the other person. Is up for discussion. Is up for debate. <laughs> so tell me, listeners, what do you think about having kids? And I think we've got some market research here on this. We do. Um, so I did poll my listeners. This was like, oh, I don't know, a couple months ago, I guess now. And was just trying to get a read on how many or what percentage of you guys are parents and had some pretty good, and then I have a couple other questions that we'll dig into, had some pretty good responses um, or a high number of responses. So of the folks that participated, 44% of you are parents and 56% obviously are not parents. So pretty 50-50 here. Okay. Yeah. So out of half of the population, does that other half want to have kids? 
that was the next question. Thank you for teeing it up. So my next question was, if you are not a parent, do you want to be a parent one day? And 40% of you that are currently not parents said you do want to be a parent one day. 17% said you do not want to be a parent. Mm -hmm. And 43% said not sure. Oh, wow. Okay. So... So about I mean, half were like, yes, I do want to be a parent one day. And then a good other half are not sure. And wow. then we've got a small percentage of hard yeah. no. Okay. I feel like, oh man, this is like a, this is tough data to digest here because like you can be hell yeah about having kids, but it's like, what are, what do you think are the the common reasons for like, absolutely not? Cause like, obviously there's a lot of reasons for why you're unsure and I'm sure we'll talk about those, but it's like, what, like, what would be your hell no, I'm not going to have kids reasons. Me personally? Yeah. My hell no yeah. reasons. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty... Oh, I don't want to say I'm a hell no, because there's that, and we've talked about this, we're going to yeah. share. There's there's a small percentage of me that's like, maybe, I'm not going to say absolute no, but majority of me says, no, I don't want kids. And the reasons are lifestyle change, cost, um, and body changes and the the whole experience um of growing a child and all the things that all the changes that it does to your body as the mother carrying the child those are the three main things i would say oh very good points because i clearly can't grow a baby in my belly or maybe i could science is probably there wouldn't go as far as to do that at all but uh i mean you know it's i don't know it's like from a biological phenomena standpoint it would be curious I'd be curious to know like what it would feel like to grow a baby or like a human inside your body, but like, you know, like not have to like raise it afterwards. Yeah. I like all the aspects of making a baby, but like not having a baby, if you get it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and those things aren't just, those things don't just exist for reproduction only. What? Those, those acts. Oh, no, 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 no. For me, reproduction is bottom of the list <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> Which is why I think, you know, like, you know, butt stuff is great because you, <laughs> you get all the pleasure. It always and comes the, back to the, butt stuff. None of the fear of... Apparently, J.C. Proof's song, Peach Fuzz, is a tribute to Mr. Alexander Way's obsession with butts not just butts <laughs> your a butt. butt a butt in particular <laughs> has made me revolutionize the way i think about butts about booties <laughs> about booties and booty stuff oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah so i would say yeah so cost lifestyle change or impacts and the body change yeah i mean so, so those are probably like so when you think about people that are like unsure about having kids like those seem like to be probably similar criteria for why you're unsure it's like oh, i don't know if i want to go through this physically like all that stuff too but like you know i feel like those are still always open for debate like i wonder like what are I, like like non-negotiable like absolutely hell knows i'm not gonna have a baby because this reason like are are there you know i mean i can read through some answers Ooh. sorry wait are you are you saying those are not those are 
not hard nose? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that, like, um, you can probably come to terms with, like, okay, like, you know, like, you can, like, we could probably come to terms with, like, lifestyle changes or, or, like, no? I mean. Sure. Like. Some people could, but other people could not. Right. Yeah. True. Just my thoughts there. Yeah. I would say, you know, from a woman's perspective, I do not feel that the fear of the experience having your body change so much physically and just all the things that come with growing a baby inside of you, I do feel that that is not something that a lot of women talk about and could be in part two, not a woman fear it, but I have a hard time believing that there's not that many women that also are nervous about that. I just think it's something that can easily feel... Because I remember having this conversation with with someone I used to be friends with um, in Austin a long time ago. And I remember her telling me when I shared that with her um, in confidence, I remember her telling me, like, that's actually a fear of mine. But I always feel a little uncomfortable saying that because it feels a little... I hate to say selfish, but it feels kind of a little like, oh, you like what? Like that's the only thing holding you back. Like whatever, you know, it just feels that's a big deal. I mean, it's like, yeah, I agreed. But I just think a lot of people maybe aren't comfortable um, sharing that as their reason, even if it is a reason. But some of the responses I got from you guys for when I pulled and asked if you have no interest in being a parent, what's your main reason? <laughs> First response, expensive yeah oh my god nowadays i can barely afford to feed myself yeah and the cost of diapers and the shortage of formula which is somehow a thing i don't understand in the housing market the daycare costs Mm -hmm. you gotta pay someone's full-time salary while also somehow managing your own full-time salary Mm -hmm. it's like that's the that's a huge debate too is that like who is gonna stay home and raise the baby which is ultimately gonna usually be the mother unfortunately just because like there are things that the father could do in this scenario but like if you have if you have a biological child right but it's like a lot of that just inherently falls on the mother just because of like the connection and the nurturing and like the breastfeeding and like right. things that just like the the, the male partner couldn't could physically, physically do. do in this yeah. scenario you know but it's unfortunate because we don't live in a world right now or at least in this country where it's affordable it's not affordable in most places to live off of one person's income unless you're oh, obviously God. making buku buku money in the top one percent or whatnot uh-huh. so then you're in a situation where it's like okay do you continue to work uh, both of you continue to work or do does one of you sacrifice your salary and contributions to the you know your earning um, potential as a family to save money and not have to pay for daycare And then I know for like a lot of moms or stay at home parents, not just moms, stay at home parents, especially there's, I know a lot of nerves around seeing a gap in your career and how you're going to explain that, which that shouldn't be a thing to have to explain. But like as a recruiter going on eight years now, I've come across like tons of stay at home parents that have a gap and sometimes they don't specify that, but um, it's hard to get yourself back into the workforce, which is so silly to me. Um, It shouldn't be, but you know, taking a couple years off and then you've kind of got to get back in the groove and you've taken a step back and have lost a couple years of experience that you could have in your profession. So that's tough. Yeah, totally. I feel like, uh, us work culture should acknowledge that a little bit more and like encourage 
hiring stay-at-home parents that wanted to take the leap in because like you know there's also the the financial implication but then the second part of that is that like i'm missing out on like a lot of valuable time with my child in their formative years yeah so it's like do you want to you know like basically have uh, a daycare or a nanny or someone raising your kid for you know 80 percent of their formative years while you're working or do you want to stay home and save money or like you know like what's what's the cost benefit analysis on both you know? yeah and it's so tough and there's not like a one-size-fits-all because i think i mean i know nannies are not cheap but i do believe like the older i get the more that i realize like it does take a village and i if we were to ever have kids i would really want to have a like ton of people around us to have a community and so I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with having a nanny uh but you know it's I don't know I know some people have opinions on that is maybe um the nanny's the one raising your kid and you're not raising your own kid Mm. but you know there's pros and cons of everything so other than costs like if costs were not an issue what's another hell no reason uh, for the moment, another listener said for the moment, same reason as why I don't even want to have a pet. Don't want the time or financial commitment. Yeah. So this is kind of like what I was thinking about when I stated earlier that like, um, lifestyle changes and like fear of like your body changes, like those are conceptual ideas, but like, um, like like literally not financially being possible to have a kid. Like that's like a, you can't work around that. Right. Right. Where it's like mentally, theoretically, even theoretically, even though like, you know, it's equally big, uh, like factor of like not wanting to change your lifestyle. Like those things can possibly be done, but it's right. But you're saying if you are like, okay, want to have a kid this year, but I'm, going through my budget and I cannot afford to ha- raise a child. Like, yeah. I don't make enough in this moment I to raise a child. I literally could not do it. Yeah. Right. If even if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have to like, for a lot of people, I'm sure, I mean, some people that already live in um, cheaper places, maybe that's a different conversation, but you'd have to like, okay, we're going to have to relocate our entire family and move somewhere that we oh, don't yeah. necessarily want to be because expensive, everything's too expensive here. Ooh. Man, that's a drive that I don't think I'll ever have. Is that like I'm like willing to sacrifice literally everything in my life that brings me joy to raise a child? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good trade off to me. No, I agree, <laughs> and that's where you and I are on the same page. And I think a lot of people who do want to be parents so badly, that joy that they feel is they're going to get from being a parent is adding more value to their life right and is has more weight to it than the joys of the other things they're giving up oh yeah and you and i have things that we don't want to give that up um another listener said uh went through two ivf cycles that ended in miscarriage and probably will live child free enjoying it that's tough so um, this listener clearly wanted to have uh, children and went through a couple IVF cycles and it didn't work out. And so she's taking that as her, her, her calling what for universe net, yeah. is yeah, guiding her towards. So, um, so adoption and, was totally, I mean, obviously like, you know, in this scenario too, it's that like, I mean, I've some had, people are, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say some people have very strong feelings for around adoption. I'd be curious what you're. Yeah, I think that if I wanted to have kids, I would like to have at least one biological child. 
just because like the science nerd in me like really wants to see like genetics play out you know and just to because like i mean obviously like you know like every child's going to be totally different whether they're like a biological child or an adopted child like you can you know like genetics only go so far and like with their personality is all different right Mm -hmm. but it's like i think it would just be fun to see how a biological child would would pan out you know yeah so if you were to have kids you would definitely want at least one to be biological before you consider adoption as like your second child uh i mean sure i mean the order isn't necessarily uh important but uh i think that i would personally enjoy the most having a biological child so like, so like if, if I couldn't, uh, sire a child <laughs> because of whatever biological reasons, then I think I would also be in that same boat too, where I'm just like, okay, like that's, I think this is a no for me, you know? Yeah. But who knows? You can always change your mind. I feel like I just don't have that hell yeah <laughs> desire, uh, to have kids. So like if I was like just white, hot intensity, passionate about having kids and couldn't biologically have them, then sure. I would probably maybe want to adopt one but mm-hmm. i don't know yeah yeah i've gone i've always felt like adoption would be a good route i've been interested in it but i think my feelings of wanting to have children has has just kind of progressively gone more and more in the most likely not direction <laughs> so that kind of it doesn't feel off the table but it just feels less and less attractive to me um but i think it's a beautiful thing and I could see myself considering that maybe one day, but again, just don't feel, (laughs) don't feel feel like I want children of, um, at all. So, um, someone else said, another listener said, never have wanted to be a parent and stay true to myself. Love that for you, girl. Uh, another listener, I want to be rich and not worry about anyone but me. (laughs) So money continues to be a theme here. I think so. Yeah. Finances. Uh, lack of freedom was another response. So I would say that would go with kind of lifestyle. Yeah, totally. Yep. And I mean, you and I've talked about this because we have, we have a friend, um, one of your friend, one of your good friends that they've made comments about how their lifestyle is not going to change. They're going to throw the baby in the backpack and take them on their adventures uh-huh. and go climbing and do all the things and nothing's going to change. And I really think that's so lovely and think, and I'm sure knowing these people that we're talking about, knowing how adventurous they are, I can see that they will still definitely push forward and do all the fun things, but there's no way in my humble opinion that you can completely avoid (laughs) having to make some adjustments, especially depending on the stage and age that your child is, right? Like once they get a little bit older where they can communicate verbally, tell you their needs and wants, then that's another story to go on backpacking adventures and camping and climbing and all these things. But Uh when you have a crying baby, that's just keeping you up in the middle of the night and you are not getting any sleep and you know, there's a lot of things. Yeah. You really have to (laughs) to stop and like breastfeed in the middle of your, (laughs) yeah, you know, it's a, yeah. Regardless of like how involved you, you like make this newborn, like a part of like your daily life, you know, your daily routine, like in going places and stuff, like ultimately it's going to be a massive like reality check. And just because they like are so, on such a schedule and like they have to sleep so much, all they do is sleep and eat, you know? So you have to be in a place where they can do both in a lot of times. So mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to be miserable. 
But those same people were also talking about how they have a few other friends in their city that are having kids too. So it's going to be oh. a very village mentality. So it's like, oh, if I'm going to want to go do this, I'll just drop the kids off here and then uh, take turns. Take turns. Looking after. Yeah. I love that. And I, I think, you know, I will say, I think, because a lot of my friends, I know more of my friends have kids than yours do but I don't live near any of those friends that have kids. And so I do feel that if we were in that situation where we had more of our really close chosen family friends having kids that live nearby, I could see maybe over time that starting to kind of adjust or maybe that might shift a little bit how we felt. Maybe, I don't know, but right now we don't. And so it just feels like that would be such a more harsh lifestyle adjustment because you don't have anyone else going through that near you where you can kind of relate and like support each other. All of our friends here in Portland are, you know, just doing their thing, living their life, being Mm -hmm. musicians, being whatever, like single, not, but no children. It's just completely different experience. Like, so do you feel that, uh, out of that 50% of people that are on the fence about having kids and don't like are unsure about having kids. Do you think that their immediate environment would pretty much decide for them whether they were going to have kids or not? Like say for example, you're on the fence about it, but you live in a very popular city that's expensive, but happening and like you're busy and you have friends and you have like a lot going on, nightlife and stuff too. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, uh, immediate environment would sway a decision versus they live in small rural town. Everyone else around them has kids that there are their age. There's not much going on. I definitely think your environment impacts your desire for uh, sure. Yeah. And I want to say, cause obviously there's people that are, you know, that do live in this happen in cities and all that and still want to have kids and all that. But I do feel, I can't help but feel that it must have a huge impact on it because it's what you're seeing every day. It's the lifestyle around you that you're seeing with your close family and friends. You know, people want to feel, I feel like as a community, we want to feel, we want to have people that we can relate to and have be in similar chapters uh-huh. with us. That's part of like community. So yeah. I can't help but feel like that has a big impact. <laughs> so do you feel like that would impact you like so you personally you know this like uh, this is like not, not a conversation about us but it's like do you think you personally if you lived in a city that you loved and you had all the things that you love to do in that city but like five of your closest friends are all wanting to get pregnant around the same time you know do you think that would make you feel a certain way like if you if you if you lived in the place so you like to- live here now sure still here in portland and right. then like pick up five of my closest girlfriends, plop them into Portland within like a 20 minute drive of me and they all have babies. Yeah. Um, or would you be like, no, no I'm just, aunt for, I'm auntie <laughs> I'm for aunt. life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm auntie for life. That's honestly the best case scenario. You kind of get like to be, that's fun. Cause you get, yeah. Yeah. But you get to have a positive impact on the next generation without having to be the person that has to like, you know, like birth it and raise it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's like, that's, that's kind of like one of my, I feel like I have a lot of hell no's for the same reasons that you have hell no's. Right. And like, I think my reasons for why I would want to have kids is one, just kind of like a ridiculous way over the top long-term experiment. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then two, it's like, you know, I want to, I feel like a sense of, of like, 
like wanting to raise uh, a great next generation of people, right? But yes. they could also turn out to be little fucking shits and I have nothing I can do about that. So, you know, Aww. that's a crapshoot. I doubt they would be because they'd have the world's best mom, right? But uh, They wouldn't be shits. Uh, they wouldn't be shits. But I can also, you know, have enough exposure to my friend's kids and, you know... Help uh, be a part of their right. upbringing. Yeah. Or... Yep. You... Uh, um, <laughs> you dropped in and gave me a response and said... Kids shouldn't piss way too much and are expensive. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So, yep, yeah. there we go. Um, another listener said, lifelong commitment. What if I don't like my child? Oh, shit. I mean, okay. The cost and loss of freedom. That, that came from the same person. Okay. They just, what if they, I don't like my child? They DM'd you like six times in a row. and then No, no, that was, that was in <laughs> okay. one. But that's an interesting... What if I don't like my child? Whoa, okay, hold on. Wait, what's, okay, is this like, uh, oh man. Okay, do you think this is kind <laughs> of like, like, okay, I feel like every parent is going to go through a period of their lives with their kids where they're just absolute, like, every everything's a hostage situation, you know? It's just complete, just like arguing and bickering yeah, and Yeah, like the crazy just, teenage years, right, the terrible yeah, twos, totally. or... All that. Whatever. The terrible one through 18s, you know, <laughs> and beyond, right? But it's like, you think that was a statement around like, uh, I, what if what if we have so much hardship that it just causes me so much stress or you just genuinely disagree with like the type of person your kid's becoming? That depends on the person. Oh, I know. Yeah. Because that... It and, I, and I talked a lot about this with Dana, the parent coach from a few weeks back. If you guys did not listen to that episode, I think... Even folks that are not, I know folks that are even, even folks that are not parents would still get value out of that because she talks a lot about her upbringing and how it impacted her parenting style and her desire to want to do better and different for her kids. So really interesting episode, go back and listen to it. Um, but we talked a lot about that where a lot of people have this idea in their head when they are parents or becoming parents of what they want their kid to be like and certain, you know, hobbies they're going to have and personality traits. And they're going to be, oh, they're going to be mini me just like me or, oh, they're going to be into baseball just like I was like a college athlete or whatever it is. And then when you obviously grow into your own little human and you're not what your parent you know, built up in their mind that you were going to be, that was going to be fun and exciting for them. For some parents, it's a disappointment or they feel they can't relate to their child. Oh yeah. And that's not a healthy mindset is what Dana coach Dana and I were talking about as a parent to be, because you need to be able to allow your child to blossom into their own little mm -hmm. human. Yeah. I mean, like I'll take my own dad for an example here where even though he is like, He's a clinical psychologist. He's very spiritual, very intelligent, and he's very, yeah, just experienced in child development and and parenting and whatever, all this stuff too. Like, but I don't think anything could have prepared my dad for the type of person that I became. And I don't think he struggled with it for so long, just for the fact that he did not know how to relate to me. And I don't know how to like, and like, obviously like there was like, you know, the teenage shitty years when you're like not relatable at all. You're just a little sulky asshole, you know, and you're <laughs> yeah. so cynical. Um, but like at the same time, he like always maintained just like, pride and just willingness and 
just pure love all the time and just totally accepted me for whoever I was going to be and always was there just to kind of give me checks and balances like don't go off the deep end and be a crazy person what were the what were the things you think your dad was not expecting for you to I don't for know. how you turned out. Well, so we have, you know, my sister who's like very type A. My dad's very type A. My mom's kind of like A minus type B ish, <laughs> you know, like she's like kind of just like this, you know, beautiful, it's goofy Guatemalan woman, just like very, very awesome, very social. But Victoria being very type A and was always like a go getter and loved to like do good with sports and do good with school, which I was good sports too, but it's like she was not like a uh, wild child rebel without a cause kind of thing. You know, she she was, you know, she liked, she liked religion. That was, you. that was you. That was me. I was like the polar opposite where I just like questioned everything and I was just really like sporadic and wild and crazy and was very, just had very risky behavior. And do you, do you remember pushing back a lot? Because I know you said you questioned a lot of things, but because so, so Dana and I talked about the strong-willed child. Yeah. And from what you told me about you growing up, and you're, I mean, knowing you, like I know you now too, I would say you, you sounds like you probably were, but were you constantly challenging your parents or was no. it more like questioning other things in the world? Yeah, more of that. Like, I feel like I wasn't aimlessly just combating because they said just to no. Be. Yeah, just to be an asshole. Like, you know, if it was like, hey, mom and dad, I want to go to so-and-so's house tonight. And they're like, no, I'm just like, okay. Like, you know. I don't agree with you, but okay, fine. <laughs> you yeah, know? So there was still yeah, yeah. there was courtesy there. Yeah, but it was like fundamental things, like you know, like I don't want you to play this sport because I think it's dangerous. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. Like that's not a reason. Yeah, you raise you raise <laughs> me in this redneck fucking town. I have nothing better to do. You're gonna give me the sport because it's all I have. Yep. it's either that or I'm gonna pick up drinking Bud Light, which I I did both, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he only knew about one of them. Uh, or was right. supposed well, to know about one of them. Yeah, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's such a, a heavy concept to like not agree <laughs> with who your kid is or who your kid's becoming. And that's one thing that even though my dad and I are polar opposites in every regard and continue to grow completely as polar opposites in life, we still always have that common ground where we're just happy for each other and proud of each other. And he was always just excited for me to be the person that I wanted to be. Yeah. Embrace that. Yeah. Which is like, not everyone has that, that has that kind of feeling where they're just okay with, your kid being totally different with their ideologies and philosophies. Yeah. I think there's a lot of parents that are not okay with that. And that creates a lot of tension between them and their kid growing up and then probably on to adulthood too. If they don't, you know, come out of the womb and grow up to be someone that thinks like them, sees the world like them, you know, doesn't have the same interests as them. Maybe, you know, maybe they're like very, the parents very like sciencey brain and then they, their child becomes super artistic and is more of a creative person and they like never got into athletics and the parents are, were always like super strong athletes and they didn't want anything to do with sports. They yeah. wanted to, you know, create art and stuff. And you would, you would think and hope that every parent could embrace that, but that's just not the reality, unfortunately. Yeah. And I wonder why do you think that is? Cause I think about, I think about why would that be a disappointment or uh, difficult for a parent if their child didn't turn out like they think. And my mind, I'd be curious what your answer is. My mind goes to they were probably, it's probably a projection and it's probably like they wanted 
children to fill like um, gaps or like help provide purpose for them in their life. And maybe they were struggling to kind of do that on their own um, with themselves. Yeah, there's that. But then, you know, I have a friend who lives in Denver um, that says he is hell no on having kids. And he's pretty sure that his partner is as well. Hasn't come up in like the multiple years we've been together. So I'm pretty sure they're both on the same page. But his uh, response to why he did not want to have kids was simply because he's like, what do you, how do you say it? He said, I have lived the craziest, most fulfilling life and I've just been a go-getter and I've done everything I've wanted to do. And he has a fear that he won't be able to provide the the quality and happiness in life that he's had for himself with his own kid. The last thing that he would want is for his child to be like just just miserable, you know, like just not have a just not have the drive to be a successful person or a happy person or a fulfilled person. And that would be a really tough thing to struggle with. It kind of it's kind of along the lines of like, what if I don't like my kid? But it's yeah. like, what do you what do you do when so, like so 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 he wasn't saying it in terms of like fear of not being able to provide the opportunity, but what no. if his kid just doesn't have the drive to provide that kind of life for yeah. him or his or herself. Yeah. And it, it has to do with like from an, an environmental and like a political and societal standpoint, like what the hell is life going to be like in 20 years? And like, mm-hmm. are the national parks still going to be a place that you can go and have a playground? Right. Are you still going to have the freedom to like, you know, be a dirtbag for your formative years and like learn about yourself in the world and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, that and the inverse of it too is like, what if your kid just literally just wants to sulk in his, in their room all day? and they just live this unfulfilling and mediocre unhappy life you know that's a big fear too but i think that i have uh, a hard time believing though and thinking that you would that it's like that someone would just turn out that way if that was not the example that was set for them yeah you never know this is where this is where the naive but but this is where the nature versus nurture right yeah. yeah, but I think that sometimes people can be disappointed um, in their child because one, they're just like stubborn, you know, they're just like they think that they are like their life and the way they think is like the it's right the way. Right, it's the, the right way. way. To live. Yeah, yeah. Any, any variation to that is just incorrect. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one school thought, I suppose. Another one too would be that um, you were perhaps maybe unhappy with your upbringing mm-hmm. and you really want to project uh, the things that you wanted as a child onto your kids because that to you was what freedom and fun was. Mm-hmm. And when they don't like that or turn out to think it's silly or dumb or they don't want to do it, then it's it's like kind of a disappointment. It's like I brought you into this world to enjoy the things that I loved and I could never do. And you don't even want to do that. Have them. an interest in that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it sounds like <coughs> it feels like the best approach just from like my conversations with Dana and then talking through this kind of stuff with you too is to ideally, I know it's really hard, but to ideally go into parenting as a new parent with clean slate if you will with no expectations and not holding your childhood grudges or regrets or things that you did like to be positive as well um, not incorporating that in a way that's setting any expectations or putting any pressures on your kid yeah but that's so hard to go into that with a clean slate i feel 
unless you do, I mean, even if you do, but unless you do some serious work on yourself and do like inner child work and like really take care of your mental health and like get to a place where you can to do. And then even when you do, it's still going to be hard um, because everyone has traumas and everyone has, you know, habits and things they picked up from their own parents and whatnot. But that's hard. Yeah. So I, you know, like we been to a couple well i've been to several weddings in my day and so have you and we went to one recently and first one together yeah first one together is amazing and they talked about i want you um, to keep being pre- my wedding day. oh forever okay i never want to go to a wedding without you <laughs> but they talk about pre-marital counseling that's kind of a thing that most people do mm-hmm. do you have you heard of or i don't know i've never asked any of my friends i don't have pre-parent many, counseling pre yeah exactly <laughs> that's what you're gonna say pre-parent therapy that is... Is that a concept that, that is a thing? I've never heard of it. I mean, there's obviously just therapy, but that's more work on yourself. But I've never... I mean, I would think maybe in premarital, they might, depending on the counselor or the session or how long you do it, maybe they cover that. If that's something that, you know, the, the, the people getting married do want to sure. have kids, maybe they cover it. But I, I would think it's probably... Like, I've not heard of a dedicated pre-parent counseling where you're really going into deep with your partner. Yeah, because, like, premarital counseling, you probably approach the subject of, like, do you want kids? Yeah. How, if so, what, how many? If so, how many? How do like, we envision raising them? Right. But, like, probably, like, higher level. Right, but when it comes to, like, pre-parent therapy, it's, like, what, like, how are we going to make sure that your parenting styles align and that what are you going to do in the event of X, Y, and Z and like things to expect and not expect and things like that? That's, yeah. I've not heard of that, but I think that's absolutely genius and that should be something that people do. And if we ever should be a requirement, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Yeah. To go through like X amount of sessions having those conversations because I would think. You know, that would help prevent so many things that would, well, that would make sure that you and your partner, if you're raising a child with a partner, are on the same page. Because that's probably. Yeah. There's, you know. no, there's none of this, I'm going to have a kid to save our marriage kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Or I'm going to have a kid to make sure that uh, I am locking you into my life forever kind yeah. of thing, you know? Like, I feel like it's so easy to, it's like, it's so easy to have a kid. It's harder to get a driver's license than it is to just be a parent. And like, it's, and it is arguably a more important thing than getting your driver's license (laughs) well i'm an advocate for this i'm gonna start advocating for pre-parent counseling yeah should be something you have to pass you should have to pass (laughs) it yeah the doctor should have to give you the clear yeah like these people should not be parents which is like oh boy you know what the lot obviously this is like crazy theoretical but it's like the line of ethics of like telling people like you probably should not have kids like, ooh, you are That's incredibly sticky. addicted to like a very harmful drug. Like you yeah. are, yeah, like you are yeah. a heroin addict, right? Uh-huh. And you want to have a or kid. you are like severely mentally unstable yeah. and are not going to be able to be mentally present enough to take care of a human being that right. is relying on you for survival. Oh boy, it's sticky stuff. <laughs> but unfortunately, it seems like there's a large demographic of of those people that uh, it's kind of like this double-edged sword. Like we've talked about it too. Like we we're joking about the movie Idiocracy, mm-hmm. where it's like the people that are very methodical and planning and very insightful about wanting to have kids and like the conceptual question of like, you know, am I going to be a good parent? Like what kind of lifestyle do I want to bring uh, to this child? Like those are the people that should be having kids, but are largely the population who are, you know, 50, 50 undecided and probably or not, not having yeah. them or choosing to be child free. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's a very, very tough one. A um, couple more responses here. So um, a few people called out, I'm selfish, just straight up said, said it. And I hear you. And I think that has to go with the lifestyle adjustment and change and the sacrifice. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, they cost an arm and a leg. Another one for financial. Uh, things are fucked and getting more fucked by the day. <laughs> Wouldn't bring a life into that. Yeah. Okay. So Thank you for, for your honesty. <laughs> so it seems like a 50% of, or like maybe 75% of the population in your survey that said, was this absolutely not? Or is this uh, unsure? This was um, absolutely not. Oh. So if money were not an object, how would that change their decision? Like they're we get we get it's expensive, but it's like okay, okay. Well, what if we like rewind rewound the economy to the fifties, where like you know any person with one any household with one salary can be like very comfortable, right? That's a that would be a great follow up poll because uh, like it's an excuse, but are people saying that as like you know a primary excuse, but overall like not I don't want it for several other reasons, but like. <laughs> You know, for the people who are like they're too expensive, it's like okay, well, what if you? What if the government gave you a uh, hundred thousand dollars a year to have a kid? Yeah, or like in Europe, even where in a lot of countries you you can go on paid maternity and or paternity leave for a year and uh, you're paid. So if yeah. you knew, like in here in America, there's no requirements on paid maternity, paternity. But like the I think the common for the on, on average, I think like it's like what six weeks or something is like the average that's given in the U.S. That's nothing. A month and a half. That's nothing. You're still, you still haven't slept six weeks in. You're yeah. still completely sleep deprived. You're lucky if you still have your boobs attached to you. Like, yeah. so I would be curious on what the types of answers are for this. If we were to pull specifically in like, you know, an, a European country or some other country that has better support oh, and financially. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, totally. I wonder, I bet finances would not come up as common. Uh, yeah. In- I mean, because there's a couple, a couple people responded and just made a comment about expensive, too expensive. But most of the ones that call out the financial part also had another reason as to why. And then I did pull and ask the, um, on the other side of it. So for those of you that do want kids or have kids now, what was your biggest driving force for pursuing parenthood? And I got some interesting answers. So the desire to be a better parent than I had growing up. Ah, okay. So does that set you up for failure there? The desire to be better than your... Well, I mean, what what is better, right? Because like, what if you're trying to be the best parent you can and it's just not a parenting style that's compatible with your kid? Yeah, that's... That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because like... Yeah, that's that's a metric that's hard to quantify because like you can be doing everything you think is right, which is maybe what your parent thought they were doing. Maybe your yeah. parent thought they were doing everything right and it turned out to be terrible. Yeah, that's a tough one. I feel like I under, I can I can compassionately understand why this listener shared that this is their reason for wanting to be a parent because they are a parent oh, now. That's a great reason in general but with I anyone. Could, yeah, but right? I can see why that could be a little bit of a slippery slope potentially. Yeah. Uh, some other answers here. It is the most fulfilling thing one can do. That's what the my dad would say. The feels are on a different level. Yeah. yeah. That's what your dad would say? I, that's what my dad... Yeah, my dad has told me before... Um, he, <gasps> Maybe I should have... Oh my God. Sorry, Penn. I want to have him... If we have time when we pit stop here in Portland when they're here... Do you think your dad would be open to 
recording? Sure. It uh, depends on the topic. You know, I'm sure well, he would. Of course, I'm not going to like yeah. ask him to talk about sex stories or something weird. Yeah, I don't think he's ever seen one <laughs> ever. Maybe not. <laughs> Dad, if you're listening, don't tell me. Gross. That's my mom you're talking about. But uh, your dad would say that the most fulfilling thing one can do, the feels are on a different level. Uh, Yeah, but in his own interpretation of it, what he's told me before in the past was that like, basically what has, you know, led me to think so deeply about this too is that, you know, my dad's a advocate of uh, if it's not absolutely with 100% in your full, every bone fiber in your body that you want this kid, then don't do it. If it's... If it's a hell, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. That's right. If it's not mm-hmm. a hell yeah, it's a hell no. And but he said, you know, for those who are very certain of it, they're truly, and this is a feeling that you will not ever have unless it's your own child. Adoption, sure, maybe like being an aunt or an uncle or whatever, or like you know, like your you know your best friend had a kid, sure. But my. I wouldn't say that can't that couldn't compare to having your own child though. I don't think so. I mean, I yeah. love my nephew like I've right. I've never loved I've I've never loved another little human like I love my nephew, but I can there's no way it's on the same level if you will as my sister has for it being her own right son. yeah and my yeah. dad was saying is like that is a feeling that you is indescribable like the moment your child's born it's the most rewarding amazing thrilling experience you yeah. could probably ever have it as a human basically I believe it. I can't imagine like when I see people like my friends and people that I know, um, you know, out there in the world of Instagram that are posting with the the newborn pictures, you know, in the hospital bed and they just had the baby and they're posing with their significant, uh, significant other and they're holding their baby for the first time. I can only imagine how insane that must be to be looking at this little human that you grew and made and now it is a living, breathing thing here in this world <laughs> that is so such, insane such an amazing feeling that the repercussion is that you get depression afterwards <sighs> which is another scary object for a hell no it's like yes and when post- i when i was talking about the fear of the body stuff i also kind of was looping that into of just the the postpartum after. yeah deal. the postpartum stuff it's i feel like we're talking a lot more about it now than we used to which is really good but I know a lot of moms, actually most of the moms that I know, people in my life that have become moms have dealt with that. Hey, that's something that's, that should be included in your pre-parent therapy is the expectation that it's going to be very tough. And mm-hmm. how are you going to work together as a unit to support, to support the yep. postpartum? Yeah. Because it's inevitable. It's and making happen. sure ideally that you have like people... I mean, ideally, and this is like very situational for everyone or circumstantial. Circumstantial? Is that a word? Yeah, sure. Um, but ideally having support outside of just your spouse to s- step in and help during that time if you do deal with postpartum depression. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, a lot to have. If you have only your partner and partner's taking care of baby and you need to be have someone to help take care of you and help tend to you, you know. Having yeah. people around to like cook meals and just be support and be supportive. Yeah. Um, some other answers we got... The world needs more good humans, and I know I can and am raising one. Hell yeah. That was similar to kind of what you said earlier. Yeah, totally. That's really sweet. Those are all great, great reasons. That's really sweet. Uh, another listener said, I did not pursue it. It just happened. I didn't plan on it. I didn't plan on one child, let alone three, but didn't stop it either. Oh. Oh. Huh. 
um, <laughs> I don't have uh, words for that because like they could be that could be a blessing in disguise or that could like just very quickly be a fire fiery situation. Yeah, and uh, this person is a wonderful parent, and I'm sure it's a blessing in disguise, but I really appreciate the honesty of kind of like, you know, it happened, didn't yeah. stop it, and here we are. And it happened again. Here we are. And so, again. Uh, another listener said, I knew I had so much love to give to a little human and I wanted to raise great people. Okay. There's a theme. This is, this is a common theme. I love kids. Want to create a generation with my spouse and want to be a safe home for kids. That's sweet. Another one said, I'm sending you a voice memo and I listened to the voice memo and actually I'm going to recap what that voice memo was about. <clears throat> Cause obviously I'm not going to say the name of this listener. So this person said she, um, who's a mama of two, just recently went through a divorce and it was a gnarly, really, I mean, no divorce is easy, but some are easier than others. And it was a very toxic relationship. And she shared with me that of she loves her kids dearly and of course, you know, is very happy that they're here. But if she could go back and rewind in time and was aware of what would happen with her and her now ex-husband and how toxic and unhealthy it would have been to her mental health and her life. She, she said her words were may have chose to, to not have kids with that person. So that's tough. That's a tough one. Oh man. Yeah. Cause that is, that would be one of my fears as well for like reason. There's a laundry list for why you shouldn't have kids or why I think I would not want to have kids. Um, but, um, that, that's a big one too. Cause I think you, people forget to think about like, you know, what happens in the event that you become a single parent now. And like, you have someone in your life that you've made this child with that is, has turned out to be someone who continuously makes you miserable. And how does that affect your relationship with your kid, with yourself? How does that make you, you know, how does that make you like view the like your child? Like, cause your child kind of becomes this, like this, uh, asset to this like hostage situation where you're yeah, like, you can't just break away from that person. Yeah. You're going to be co-parenting with them for the rest of as long their life. As I mean, and at least until they're 18, obviously you're always going to be their parent, but like it, you know, you're, you're going to have to really be involved in seeing each other while you co-parent this child. That's, you know, under your roof. Ooh. And then at least once, you know, at least once they're adults and move out of the house and they're doing their own thing, I feel like it's easier to pick and choose. You don't have to be around that person being your ex, but you're dedicated to like a good 18 years of like drop offs, pickups, weekends, like events, school things. I mean, I guess that's also in the future too, like events and all that kind of stuff, but still that's tough. I feel you know, and of course, when you fall in love and I would, you know, think that majority of people that fall in love with their person and then have choose to have kids do not foresee them ever wake up and wake up, waking up one day, realizing right. they hate that person, yeah. but it could happen. That could and happen. This happened to this person and like, oh man. And again, this would, this is stuff that like, I feel, you know, would be conversation to have in a co-parent, such a co-parent counseling or sorry, um, pre-parent counseling. Yeah. You know, kind of the hypotheticals of like, okay, hey, we're really super happy and in love now. But if something were to happen and one of us, you know, 
ran off with someone else and decided they, you know, or we decided that we weren't compatible anymore and wanted to, you know, go our separate ways. Like, how are we going to co-parent and like coming to an agreement on that? Yeah. And like, these are conversations that I feel like a lot of people don't have. It's not romantic. It's not romantic, but it's like kind of like, it's like almost like the prenup conversation, Mm -hmm. but it's like way more serious. Like financial intertwinements are like one thing, but like a life is way, way bigger deal than like a financial prenup. Right. Yep. But like, but I feel like if more people had these conversations that are maybe tough and like a little uncomfortable, but should be had. Yeah, because ultimately, like, and you and I talk about this too, where it's like, you know, it's not very often that we have tough conversations, but we always come out on the other side of them, like, closer. Yeah. Which I love that about us, that we can have these tough conversations or un like just unwanted ones that are necessary and we still have them. And we always, we come out the other side more in love, which is great. But to some people, just that amount of just that questioning and those ideologies can really like kind of set the stage for like, Oh man, I don't think we should have kids or I'm starting to see a side of this person that I didn't see before. Yeah. Or you make the assumption that you're on the same page about certain things just because you're blissfully in love and you're maybe not. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like how you're going to, how you're going to discipline a child. Yeah. Like people, there's so many things that I feel like people do not realize they're not on the same page about in terms of marriage or children or parenting or whatever finances. I mean, that's the number one cause of divorce. Yeah. Until they're in a sticky situation. And then it's like, number one cause of divorce is marriage. Let's be real here. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) That is true. Um, Another listener said uh, for reasons why you're going to have kids or want to have kids. uh, Wife. My wife. (laughs) And they did have a laughing emoji here. So, you know, who knows if they're just part joking part not but we've talked about this i do feel there are a lot of people and i know some and i think you maybe know some too people that have kids because their partner really wants them and they're maybe not a hell no but they're kind of like oh i don't know or maybe they are a hell no but then they do it because their partner wants them i know i can think of like a good few people right now that currently have a child that i know one of the people one of the persons did did not want that and did it mm-hmm. because they loved oh, their man. partner so much. And I have, I'm just going to be honest. I have feelings about that yeah. and I don't want to say it's wrong. Cause it's not my place to tell you what's right for your life. But I just do not think that is necessarily the best way to go about making that decision. Because again, is that going to come back and bite you in the butt one day? Are you going to like one day wake up and be resentful? Yeah. Because this had a huge impact on both y'all's life. Not just your partner who really wanted it. You're dealing with this too. Oh man, that's tough. Like, yeah. Cause like, what, what do you do? Like, I mean, that's kind of the scenario where it's like, if one person is like, I really don't want to have kids. And the other one is, I really want to have kids. Why is the, why is the, the uh like the end result being that you end up having the kid it should be the other way like right like you feel like i don't know like do you want to like it's you shouldn't have to rob your partner of this amazing life experience of being a parent but at the same time though it's like are you gonna really make your other partner go through something are you gonna rob the other person then of of the freedom freedom? yeah yeah. exactly i mean i guess i'm sure it goes i'm sure there's you know tons of couples where it goes the other way where where they decide not to because they're not both on board yeah but i mean and you and i talked about this on our i'm pretty sure it was our second or third date 
I remember remember we were at the McMinimans over by my old apartment and uh-huh. we went to grab something to eat. I oh, think it yeah. was our second time hanging out. I think it was, yeah. And I remember sitting in the booth having Cajun tots, of course, and uh, <laughs> drinking beer, of course. And I remember just very much having a very open, honest conversation and like asking you, I think I pretty much just straight up asked you like, what are your thoughts on kids? And to some maybe, oh, that feels like a lot um, or kind of an intense second date. Um, But to me, (laughs) conversation topic, but to me, I just feel like it's been a point of, it's been lack of alignment in my past relationships. And I just feel very strongly that if I think it's better to talk about that sooner than later, because I am like most likely no, maybe, but I didn't want to get involved and invest myself and like put my heart into you and didn't also want you in return to put your heart and time and investment into me. If you were like, I absolutely want kids because that wasn't going to be fair because I knew knew most likely it was probably a no. So if you were a hard yes, we were just going to have to cut it off. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm glad we're both do you remember, on the same page Do you remember that. me asking you that? Oh, yeah. I, and I'd Was like, it alarming to you, may I no, ask and be honest? No, it wasn't because I think that's a very... Because we definitely had feels for each other by our second date, for sure. I've pre- I know. pretty much exclusively told you that I didn't want to see anyone else ever again <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> don't want to see anyone else. I, I don't want to look at anyone else. <laughs> put, put blinders on me. No one exists anymore. <laughs> So to me, that was a really cool, it was a really cool conversation for a lot of reasons because it it seems like you don't really have those conversations if you're not really wanting to invest your time into someone, you know? So that's why I picked up on it the most was that like, oh, she actually like, really likes me. me. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember what my response was in entirety, but I'm pretty sure it was along the lines of like, I would, I'd know that I would be a really great dad. And that sounds like that'd be a really exciting experience. But if I, and some people say this and don't mean it, but I truly mean it where it's like, I could be a parent and be very, very fulfilled and very happy with that. And I could also live my entire life with you and not have kids and be just as satisfied. Yeah. I remember you saying like, if you, I remember you saying like, it was more important to you to live, have a partner like have a partnership with someone and live your life and have adventures with a partner. That was more priority for you than being able to explore being a father. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really thrilled to hear that answer because I really liked you. And (laughs) I remember, I remember kind of like holding my breath after I asked it. I'm like, okay, now pause and let him answer. (laughs) So I have seven (laughs) kids already. And and five different baby mamas. Yes. And what are you about being number six, honey? <laughs> Nick Cannon vibes. Have you heard about that? What? I went down a rabbit hole researching Nick Cannon. Do you remember Nick Cannon? Oh, yeah. I remember Nick Cannon. So yeah. I, when you were still doing your climbing thing, I and after a long work week on Friday, I was binge watching some trash TV of the latest Selling Sunset, which is just absolute trash TV. It's gotten so bad. Um, but w- one of the new real estate agents on this season is um her partner i don't know if they're i don't think they're no they're not married um her partner and baby daddy is nick cannon and i went down this rabbit hole researching because i was kind of like oh whoa i was like oh my god nick cannon like what do they look like now whatever and he's a he has oh was it wait wait i got a fact check because i i want this to be accurate nick cannon children (laughs) <laughs> he has so he's paul poly open non-monogamous you know kind of all the same thing um he has 12 children with what with nick cannon yes 
with um oh my god where's the where's the where's he's the mom? not that famous okay so he has two kids with mariah carey what moroccan and monroe canon he has so that's one baby Cannon. mama he has another child with Brittany bell he has another child oh no that's also Brittany bell okay he's got two kids with a gal named abby de la rosa he's got so that's we're at three now um Alyssa scott that's four brie who's the one i just mentioned so Bri, this this gal on selling sunset is his fifth baby mama he has 12 kids between the five of them i think once you surpass having your fourth child it is purely from an ego perspective right there's no way you can like literally mentally and physically enjoy being a present father or mother with more than four kids i mean like and i understand like modern day blended family whatever you know you have kids with your first partner then you get you know divorced remarried whatever it's like okay whatever but that is that is insane that is that is like with five different women yeah and i'm i'm all for like i'm supportive of the poly life and monogamy that but that's its own thing but like yeah, that many women in your life bearing your child, how do you expect to be present to like make sure like why like like I just like it just blows my mind. I it think just feels weird to me too. It feels like he's doing it for bragging rights versus the wanting to be a quality father for twelve yeah, kids. Yeah, because to your point, no matter you know, even if you had like endless amounts of resources, financial funds, you know, whatever, I just don't understand how like you said, you could even if you're a billionaire, multi-billionaire, you, how could you possibly divide your time to have quality time with all 12 of those children? Yeah. Especially and, with and all, with, with, all the, with most of them having different moms, exactly. which you're trying to invest into like that relationship. You got to invest. Yeah. Cause it's almost like you have a couple of kids with one woman and then just completely disregard that entire life and just start like another small life and then just move on to the next one. Cause I've, I would have a hard time believing that all of those baby mamas get along. Okay. And they all share time together. Yeah. I, I mean, it just, it just feels kind of, I know, I, I don't think from what I read, I don't think he's religious, but it, feel, it kind of reminded me of like the fundamentalist <laughs> yeah. um, religion where it's like the men that have multiple wives and they have a bunch oh, of kids. Oh, what was it That's called? Just, the, yeah, the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. Yeah, yeah. Is he Mormon? No. Sounds like a Mormon thing No, to do. he's not. It's just, it's just weird. Sister wives. Weird. Anyway, yeah, you, uh, you do not have any children, so. No. So no. you were not turned off by that. I just wanted to get the male perspective and I think my listeners will be interested in that. So we're not turned off by that. We're not alarmed by that. And I would say if, you know, if you either, whether you're a woman or a man, whatever, if you have strong feelings about that, or even if you don't have strong feelings, just wherever you stand on that of wanting kids, maybe, maybe not. I feel like that's something to talk about. I mean, obviously if you're like in your twenties, nowhere near like wanting kids, that's like maybe not a conversation that you approach until you're a little bit older. But I do feel like once you get to a certain age where it's kind of like, okay, you're taking your relationships more seriously. I feel like those are conversations to have early on. Yeah. Just at least to make sure you're generally on the same page because like how, how crappy is that to invest years of your life and not that it's necessarily was a waste but like if you know for sure you want to be a parent and then the person that you're with says they 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 do too and then five years you know down the road that person wakes up one day and of course anyone could change their mind but they change their mind and they say no and then it's like okay so we either decide to not or we need to go our separate ways 
It's tough. Yeah, it's good to have those check-ins. But if you're very certain that you don't want to have kids as a male, you should definitely just get a vasectomy because I feel as if that's a very easy route to preventing it. And you don't want to end up in a situation where you were hell no your whole life and you're still hell no. And then all of a sudden you're in a situation where it's like you have got, you now you've impregnated somebody. Yeah. And I remember you offering to do that pretty early on into us dating too because this is also when like the roe v wade was being overturned and all that stuff and that was something we've talked a lot about yeah and that offer's still there the only reason we haven't done it yet is just because we're still undecided and yeah reversal technology all the reproductive health technology and advancements in healthcare are just not they, where they need to be with how progressive of a country we to are feel, to feel comfortable making that decision that when you're not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're still 50, 50 from the medical standpoint, <clears throat> physicians will tell you not to do it. If you're still on the fence. Yeah. It's kind of more of like a, if you're certain, but I would say this is something we could, we'll probably revisit. I'm sure when we get maybe a little bit older, if oh, we still yeah. are kind of like, okay, check in, we still feeling like no. Yeah. And then the older we get, it's kind of like, Okay, don't want to be raising a kid when I'm 70. I'd say, like, if we decide, in my own opinion, like, if we decide, if we're still undecided by late 30s. I was going to say, like, 40, yeah. 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 Oh, 40 for sure. Yeah. I'll definitely give a sick to me. I've I've had some friends that their parents were in their early 40s. What was in your mom? 40. Yeah, when she had you? 70 now. Yeah. Yeah, she was, like, 39, 38. So yeah, it can be, it can happen, but you know, um, last answer that I want to share, um, is a listener said for reason of wanting to have kid and why that was a driving force. Uh, my soul was searching for my purpose. Well, did you find it? I don't know. I'd have to follow up with said listener. Huh? Well, all right. I mean, there's a lot of other things you can do. To search, maybe that was the very last unexplored territory. But I feel like, I don't know. I mean, that's not. A, I'm not going to discredit any of these feelings and thoughts and answers. All of these are valid. Everyone's answer is incredibly 100% valid. But to me, I feel like I will should I, I will have already done my soul searching and known with almost high certainty that like having a kid was would be a very fulfilling step in my life mm-hmm. because it's kind of like setting yourself up for failure a little bit there is it like you know yeah and i just feel that it could it has potential to put a lot of pressure on the relationship you have with your child oh, and yeah. your child yeah obviously unintentionally um, I'm sure for a lot of people, but that can just kind of, uh, what's what I'm looking for? That can, it can manifest in yes, weird. Thank you. That can manifest yeah. in different ways and kind of in weird yeah. ways. But I just think that that can, I could see that, but I understand the, uh, yeah, the sentiment there. Yeah, for sure. I just, uh, I have a belief that, um, you know, like you really got to want it and know you want it and you have to be very like satisfied with whatever the outcome is going to look like mm-hmm. you know because you never know kids are kids are tough yeah you never know how they're going to turn out but you know yeah 
It's a great, great, great topic because in today's society, there's so many people, so many uh, opportunities to adopt. You know, the world's overpopulated. Society's kind of on the fritz. You know, it's is is it a good time to have kids to make a better generation? Yes. Is it also yeah. a good time to rein back and just enjoy life on Earth as you have it? And then yes, totally. Yeah, and I feel like we talk about this like you know pretty often, just like here and there. And I feel like the moments where we're kind of like, you know, I could see it being nice and fun and a beautiful experience and all the amazing things that come with it. But then I am almost immediately, every time I even entertain the, oh, maybe, <laughs> I'm almost immediately every single time just like slapped right in the forehead with the reality. And my mind instantly goes to like these moments of like <laughs> waking up in the morning, how some days I can just choose to sleep in. Some days I can just you know, take off and go on a hike with my dog. Some days I can, you know, work 10 hours if I need to. I can do whatever. I can go wherever. I can take off to Europe for a month if I want. We can go move to Europe if we want. Like there's so many things that I'm like, not that you couldn't do some of those things with a child, but there's just your world is going to revolve so much uh-huh. all around raising and providing for your yeah. child. And it's just not... It is so Does much not easier account- to decide for two consenting uh, elegant adults than it is to like loop a child into the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's well, a it's a it's a it's a almost hard no for me. Almost hard no. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there too. Yeah. So I like our life. I love our life. Our life's pretty awesome. I love my life with you. <laughs> I love my life with myself, and I love my life with you, and I love my little family with our dogs, and I'm very happy. Yeah, and we don't need no screaming, smelly, little expensive kids running around. No, unless it's in the form of a cute little nephew, the yeah. cutest little nephew in the world, which is not obviously the same thing as your own child in terms of responsibilities. So, yay, we got to like go hang out in North Carolina and spend some time and have all the fun and hang out with the cute little baby and then we get to leave exactly back to our little adult world that sounds like the best (laughs) of parenting yeah well thanks for sharing and giving your thoughts on all of the Uh, results and sharing a little bit about us and i just think that it's a great thing to talk about because i know it can be a sensitive topic and not everyone's super comfortable sharing that they're don't want to be a mom or a dad so it's kind of nice to hear from the ones that don't and why yep and it's and for those don't feel bad about, uh, about it whatever your choice is yeah own your choice and you know do some pre-parent therapy counseling yes i'm a huge fan of this idea yeah well thanks guys for tuning in this week i know it's been a few weeks since i last hung out with y'all Today's episode was my lovely fiance, Alexander Way, and we talk about how we don't want to have children. And we also talk about all of the answers that you guys shared with me in terms of why you have chosen to be a parent or why you've chosen to be child free, uh, motivations for those decisions. And we um, kind of just discussed all of our thoughts and feelings around this and how we, on our second date, had this had this conversation. Yeah. And it was still not scary. upheld. <laughs> So we should just name the title of this episode Baby Question Mark. Oh that's gonna get some that's gonna get some lessons and downloads. Baby question mark. Let's just do butt stuff instead. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Okay, love right, it. Wrap it up. Awesome.